space jam, toe jam, Missy Martian, and Aqua Camp. Green space, tiny space, tripping on someone else's shoelace. Alcohol, touch my hog, Jimmy's in the rainbow call. Chelsea Bean, wrestler, wrestler, barely nowhere. Anything else, please? Everything else, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final episode of Into Everything with Pete and Kels. Kelsey, how the hell are you? Well, I'm a little sad that it's our final episode, but I'm also very excited that we will be having a new show. There's a couple things going on. Um, we're finding um, the listening audience is, isn't growing as much as we need it. And we're thinking it's probably because we're kind of everywhere when it comes mm -hmm. to the show, as much as we're always talking about things that are interesting to us, um, what we're noticing is people kind of want to just listen to a show about one specific topic. So we're going to fine tune that. We will be back with with a new presentation. Um, and we're also going to be working on writing a book, or a mm -hmm. couple books, actually. A couple books, uh, yeah. So definitely look out uh, for that coming up. We'll definitely announce that, uh, especially whenever we launch our new show. Um, but we are finishing up the April Fool's month. Mm -hmm. um, so Kelsey, what are we into this week for April Fool's? We are into sci-fi fools. Sci-fi fools. Ooh, exciting. Mm -hmm. um, so are we going across all of sci-fi or are we just focusing on certain things what are we looking at this week so we're going to focus on space sci-fi and then we're going to i'm going to narrow it down even more for you guys we're going to focus on star wars and star trek the, the two big, greatest stars the big two the yeah. big two and uh first of all which is your favorite star wars or star trek star wars i love star wars like so much okay i understand i mean you're wrong but i understand. That was gonna say you're a trekkie so um yeah, and it's not that I don't like Star Wars. I'm actually a huge, huge Star Wars fan. Uh, but they always say, you know, you're either a Beatles man or you're an Elvis man. And it's the same with Star Wars and Star Trek, I find. You're either a Star Wars... You, you can... The way it was explained in Pulp Fiction, uh, I think it was Pulp Fiction, where they were talking about you can be an Elvis... Yeah, it was Pulp Fiction. You can be an Elvis man or you can be a Beatles man. Now, you can be a Beatles man and enjoy Elvis. Mm -hmm. You can be an Elvis guy and enjoy the Beatles. Yeah. But you cannot like the two the same. Mm -hmm. and and i have to agree with that um and for me it was it was star trek star trek was a more intelligent series um and i could debate it till i'm blue in my face but it, it was a better definitely a better better show but uh let's uh let's start off with star wars i think so okay. who are you considering to be the first of all let's let's quickly clarify what we consider a fool I know we've said it a couple times this month, but if this is the first episode you're listening to, which is ironic because it's the last episode you'll be able to listen to, um, let's define a fool really quickly for our audience. Yeah, so the way we've been, this is kind of the short version of the way we've been defining a fool um, based on Shakespearean terms, I guess, is the person who has the information needed to solve the climax or plot of the movie um but they are just like the comic relief the idiot the you know wacky absurd character who just can't get anything else right so they're they're basically oblivious to everything without realizing that without them there there is no victory for for the side of good or whatnot yeah all right 
Um, are we so we're starting with Star Wars? Are we going to start with the original trilogy, or do you want to start with the prequel trilogy, or do you want to start with the uh, most recent trilogy? Um, let's you know, let's do chronological order. Okay, so we're starting off with the Phantom Menace. I wonder who, oh, who could be the fool? And if I had to think about it, I'd have to say, Misa Jaja Binks, Misa, love you. Oh, mooey, mooey. Uh, yes, Jar Jar. Annie, Annie, ah. Anyways, yeah, Jar Jar Binks. Mm-hmm. A character that not only Star Wars fans wanted to kill, but uh, Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks at one point, wanted to kill himself after playing that role. And not because he necessarily hated the character, but because here's a, something that may shock people. Um, nerds and sci-fi fans are fucking assholes if everything isn't exactly how they... And I am a nerd and sci-fi fan. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about death threats to Ahmed Best. Um, Jake Lloyd, who played Anakin in in, in the first movie, quit acting because of how people were just so horrible. Like, that'll fuck a kid up. He's a fucking 10-year-old kid. Sorry to get off a little bit on a tangent there, but yeah, you know what? If you don't like the character, that's fine, but to, to 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 death threats and hate mail and stuff fucking grow up people and like to be fair george lucas has gone on record saying he created jar jar banks for kids for children to enjoy not for 40 fucking year old men like jesus people <laughs> next you're gonna say the ewoks were created for kids oh yeah they i know were. right just ridiculous here, here here's a quick um fact uh for star wars fans and again i am one but i don't think a lot of you realize this uh, the majority of the characters that lucas created after uh empire strikes back so starting with return of the jedi was all about making a toy and selling money yeah. or sorry not selling money but selling action figures mm-hmm. originally they froze han solo in empire strikes back because they weren't sure that um Harrison Ford was going to come back. And when he did come back for Return of the Jedi, he actually came back with the understanding that they were going to kill Han Solo because he didn't want to play Han Solo anymore. Right. And if you've watched Return of the Jedi, they did not kill Han Solo. You want to know why? Because Lucas decided children would not want to buy a dead Han Solo figurine. Well, that's fair. <laughs> so Star Wars fans, you can shit all over the Ewoks. You can shit all over Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. It's toy sales. Yeah. 100% toy sales. Uh, You know, merch is king when it comes to Lucas. And you can tell that as the prequel trilogy. um, And I'm not going to shit on Jar Jar because Jar Jar is Jar Jar, you know, like whatever. Um, You can tell the writing wasn't there. Mm -hmm. The dialogue was weak. Oh, yeah. Prequels, George Lucas just went downhill there. He's like, ooh, money, money. Let's put CGI yeah. aliens in fucking Indiana Jones because money, money. Anyways, <laughs> again, I digress. Hey, do you ever hear the theory that the uh, um, the whole Indiana Jones series is just a dream that Han Solo is having while he's frozen in carbonite? <laughs> I've never heard that, but I like it. Did you know that on the Ark of the Covenant in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, there's actually, I think it was Raiders of the Lost Ark, there's actually a hieroglyphic on... It, it, somewhere in one of the temples or whatever of C, uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO. 
I heard that before, but I've not actually, I've seen that movie so many times, but I've never actually seen it. Like I have to know where to pause, I think. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing with Jar Jar Binks. Um, yeah, he's the fool. He's the idiot. He's annoying as fuck. He is the catalyst for everything that happens. He's the one who does the vote of no confidence in Chancellor mm. Valorum. He's the one who propels things forward uh, for Senator Palpatine to become Emperor Palpatine and change it from a republic to an empire. Yeah. Jar Jar Binks is one of the, the most important characters um, in Star Wars, whether you like him or not. And if you don't like him, please watch uh, the Star Wars edition of Robot Chicken because what they did was fucking phenomenal because they actually have him like meet up with Darth Vader and he's like, oh, Annie, how are you doing? And he takes off the mask. He's like, ah, you're buried. Like, what happened to your face? So they kill him and then his fucking Jedi ghost comes and starts haunting Annie. Annie, now we're going to be together forever. Like, oh my God. And the fact that they got Ahmed Best to do the voice on Robot Chicken amazing. was absolutely fucking amazing. Uh, so yes, Jar Jar is the catalyst for everything that happens in the Star Wars universe because without him, there is no Emperor Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, people, I'm laying out the facts. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. On uh, second thought, uh, not so much. Me punished. Me banished. Anyways, he's annoying, but he is integrated. He's the most important part of, of, the, of the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Let's Definitely. move on to the original trilogy or episode four, five, and six. Yes. So we've got two kind of in this one. So we've got Han Solo and C-3PO. Let's start with C-3PO. Yeah, okay. So C-3PO obviously has a lot of fucking information. He is like this super, super smart droid who knows like fucking everything. But he just like doesn't make good decisions because he doesn't know how to make regular decisions because he's a freaking droid. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Um, He has so much good information i mean r2d2 has the most information but without r2 you got no c3po without c3po you have no r2 let's 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 be completely honest with that um and he is definitely the comic relief oh totally uh absolutely fine you go that way see if i care um so many great things with c3po uh you know from him hiding when when r2 wanders off and not Mm -hmm. wanting to tell master luke um He's so many great things. Uh, I, I can't even go on much more, but yeah, C-3PO throughout the whole, the prequel, even the prequel trilogy, him showing yeah. up without his armor plating and, you know, what do you mean I'm naked? You know, um, they they did so many great things, but yeah, he's integral to everything, including in the new series where he, I have a new arm. Did you see I have a new arm? Like he's, he's egotistical without realizing he's egotistical. He's narcissist. Yeah without realizing he's a narcissist because he's a droid and he's not right. programmed for this. But on the same note, he is so emotional, so oblivious to everything that's going on. Totally. Um, like I'm even thinking back to empire where he's sitting in the backpack and he's like, Chewbacca, turn me around. I want to see what's like, going on. I was on. literally thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You've got my head on backwards, you know, like stuff like that. Just, <sighs> and yet, you know, the second that he turned him on, wait, stormtroopers. Here in Cloud City, and that's where like everything is perfectly revealed. The information that we needed is yeah. when you know they flick him on finally in Empire Strikes Back. 
um, Han Solo? We're going to say he's a fool? So here's a question. Who's the bigger fool? The fool or the fool who follows him? Yeah, or follows it. Let's mm. be precise. Pronoun. No. Um, yeah, because he does call Ben Kenobi a fool. Mm-hmm. And uh, Obi-Wan responds with, who's the bigger fool? The fool or the fool who follows it? And Han Solo follows him. Yeah. And Luke, who was also what Han would normally consider a fool. Mm-hmm. Yet without Han Solo, they do not defeat the Empire. Or they right. do not blow out the Death Star. If he didn't yeah. show up in the last reel of the film to blast the TIE fighter that's on Luke's tail, yep. the Death Star does not get destroyed. Yeah. And yeah, he's definitely he's definitely the fool. I don't know if he's a nerf herder, but he's definitely a fool. Uh, well, I guess he's a nerf herder, but he's not scruffy looking. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think that's some one of my favorite lines from that original series. Leia calling him a scruffy looking nerf herder, and the only retort he has is like, "Hey, who's scruffy looking?" Like you know. <laughs> Right, but, but that just shows him being oblivious. The only thing that's important to him is money. Like mm. you look in in Star Wars, all he wants is the money he's going to get so he can pay off Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, and Empire, it's you know he starts off with him wanting to leave to go pay the bounty and be done with it. And then of course, we talk about whiny characters and stuff. And I'm just thinking of Luke again, being a whiny kind of an idiot. Uh, he has to go rescue Luke again. The, the fucking Jedi hero and Han Solo is the one who always has to go fucking pull his, you know, his ass out of the fryer, so to speak. Uh, to be fair, though, there was a really good reason for that in Empire Strikes Back. And a lot of people don't know this. Um, between the filming of Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, um, Mark Hamill actually got into a car accident. He did. Yeah, that's why he looks um, different. Like, he looks more rugged and like, like, he actually looks like he's been through a war. So it kind of works out perfectly, unfortunately for Mark Hamill, who I'm sure did not want to be in a car accident. But he had, he had had a lot of like damage to his face and stuff. Mm. So that's why they did that whole sequence on Hoth where the Wampa actually like slashes his face and everything. And, and it explains, it's like, okay, how do we explain that he looks different? And obviously something's happened to his face. Great. Let's have the Wampa uh yeah. you know attack him and then let's chop off the wampa's arm and yada 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 i'm the wampa i'm the snowman and i'm taking it from no man sorry that's from robot chicken they did is. they did empire on ice so it was empire strikes back on ice oh and the gosh. wampa sings this whole song and it was fucking brilliant absolutely fucking brilliant um so yes han solo i definitely see as being uh the fool he really propels the story. Even in, if you look at the the newer trilogy, he again plays the fool because he is the final catalyst for Kylo Ren completely going over to the dark side. He thinks he's actually saving his son with yeah. the information that he has. And in the end, he's the catalyst that not only turns Kylo Ren to the dark side completely, because once you kill your dad, there ain't no coming back. Yeah. Unless... The ghost of your dad comes back and turns you back. Oh um, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, sadly, Carrie Fisher passed away before the third film. They reused a lot of footage that they could of her. Um, but I'm thinking the original plan was to have her. Yeah. I love back. Mm-hmm. And because unfortunately she died uh, kind of as a tribute to Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford came back. Yeah. 
to do that scene. It was it was a great scene. Don't get me wrong. And it, it was yeah. It was a great moment. Um, as much as the, you know, for the new trilogy, the first one and the third one were such bubblegum popcorn movies, as opposed to being a Star Wars movie. Uh, prove me wrong, please, anybody. But uh, this the the second of the new trilogy to me was the best. Hmm. And them fighting words, I tell you, them fighting words. They are fighting words. So, again, prove me wrong. Anybody listening, uh, go uh, go reach us out on Facebook. Tell me I'm a fucking idiot. Whatever you want. Uh, it's not like I'm going to argue with you because you know it's our last show. So <laughs> come back and argue it. Um, but yeah, yes. So Han Solo definitely a fool. Uh, Finn, I find was a little bit of a fool. You know, even Luke in the in the sequel trilogy was a bit of a fool. Like, I, you know, tiny bitch or fool. Which which way do we want to go? Fool. I'm going still with whiny bitch. I mean, you know. No. What does he do? He goes and runs away and hides because he's a whiny little girl. Because because his nephew turned on him because he was going to kill his nephew because he had a dream a dream that his nephew was going to be a bad guy. I mean. <laughs> I want to see what you'd do in that situation. Well, if I'm the most powerful Jedi, I'm going to go fucking stop this kid and smack him around a little bit. Instead, he ran and he hid and he let this kid grow to power, kill his fucking dad, didn't want to train new Jedis, nothing, just wanted to be left alone. No, leave me alone. Oh, I mean, to things be fair, are going away. in general, I don't really like what they did with the sequel trilogy as far as character development for really any character. I, I'm not going to no. disagree too, too much. I feel in the sequel trilogy, in the second one, they did the best job of character development. Yeah. You know, kind of showing redemption right. for Luke, you know, Luke sacrificing his life. Um, and they did some good stuff there. Same with, they were, they were building a lot with Finn as well. Mm-hmm. That, and then he just fucking dropped it. Oh yeah, like by the third one, it's like okay. Does Finn have any force capabilities? Is he force sensitive? Because he's able to use a lightsaber. He's able to do this, and then by the third one, it's just like meh, not important. I know. Um, I I, I'm gonna say something that might be a little bit unpopular, but um, that's what you get when you get J.J. Abrams to do your movies. And I'm a J.J. Abrams fan. Please do not get me wrong, but he fucked up Star Wars in my book, and he sure as fuck fucked up Star Trek. Mm. Now, for those of you who have seen this, the new Star Trek movies, done uh, the first two, which were J.J. Abrams movies, um, they were fun. Don't get me wrong. They were fun. Yeah, I think they were fun. But it was action, action, joke, joke, action, action, joke, joke. That is the J.J. Abrams formula. Right. Same with Star Wars. You watch The Force Awakens. Basically, they just redid the first Star Wars and did action, action, joke, joke, action, action, joke, joke. Right. Now, Ryan Johnson puts out his uh, Star Wars movie, which was, uh, was it The Last of the Jedi, was it called? I think it was. The Last Jedi, yeah. The Last Jedi, thank you. Um, and everybody hated that movie. Mm. And I'm thinking people kind of forgot what Star Wars was because of the J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah, that's fair. I find that Last Jedi was more Star Wars than any other. And then what did they do for the third one? Oh, we're bringing back Emperor Palpatine because we can't make up a new boss or a new evil villain. Um, Snoke is unimportant. Um, everything that we've built, especially what you know, Ryan, uh, you know, built in the second one there, not important anymore. 
Yeah, I think the problem is like the second one was a great standalone movie, but it didn't really follow the first one super well. Like it was, it didn't tie in enough. Like it, they felt very different as opposed to being, if you're going to make a trilogy, make a fucking trilogy that is like, you know, cohesive. Like the yeah. other trilogies in this franchise, like th- this trilogy just didn't. I, I think the problem is that they had different directors slash and writers. different writers as well. Yeah, Ryan, like Ryan Johnson wrote and directed the second one. The first one, right. bunch of writers, and then J.J. Abrams directed. But even right. if you look at the original trilogy, which everybody is like holier than thou, you know, it's the greatest thing ever. Um, Lucas didn't direct them all. He didn't. No, um, he wrote them all though. Wrote them all, but he only directed the first one. The second one, um, I want to say Erwin Kirshner directed. Yeah, I think so. And I can't even remember who the third one was. Um, but I mean, you can kind of see at the end of the day, it was, and I want to, I can't stress this enough. The first Star Wars was a huge hit. Second one, Empire was great. And then everything we saw after that, uh, except for Ryan Johnson's Lost Jedi, was all about merch mm. mm-hmm. every single thing was about merch that's fair uh even even you know like the the spin-offs and everything like the, the hand solo movie um even uh well rogue one rogue one rogue one was a star wars movie oh yeah rogue one was great i recently wa- rewatched that i thought it was you know it's a fantastic movie it was if you were like pete what are the best uh, uh star wars movies uh, number one is Empire. Mm. Empire Strikes Back is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogue One was absolutely phenomenal. And, yeah. I, and I loved Last Jedi. I know I'm in the minority. Uh, what was interesting about Last Jedi, and, and, and I will point this, point this out, I, I think that it's one of those films, you either loved it or you hated it. There was no middle ground. Yeah, that's fair. And, and I find that a lot. And, and, and I've had conversations with people who are just so... They, they seethe at the idea of how terrible that movie is to them. And it all stems from the whole, well, Luke would never go run away and hide. And that's where I get into my whiny bitch argument. Right. Which we're not going to go into. If you do want to hear it, uh, go back into our archive. You will find um, our, our episode about characters that we thought are whiny bitches. Yeah. Uh, and and when I say the characters we thought were whiny bitches, what I mean is characters that Peter thinks were whiny bitches because on much, every yeah. single one we talked about. Um, both, and then I argued a bunch of them. So, yeah. And even my wife, Monica, argued one of them, like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, Sarah <gasps> uh, Michelle Geller's character. Uh, yeah. Again, prove me wrong. Prove me mm-hmm. wrong, people. I digress. Um, so we'll put a wrap on Star Wars and head into Star Trek. Yes. Now, what's interesting when it comes to Star Trek um, is you didn't really have a fool character for a long time. Mm-hmm. You watch the original series, there is no fool character. Right. You have fool moments, but you don't have any fool characters. Everyone's intelligent. Everyone's, you know, knows what's going on. Everybody works super well together. Yeah. It wasn't until um, the 80s uh, and 90s that the fool character was kind of introduced. I mean, you had your comic relief, but the comic relief usually was Spock and Spock is not a fool. The comic relief was seeing how someone who's emotionless interacts with people who can't understand that. 
Um, Like if you think back to like Star Trek four and stuff, the comic relief was there because Spock is an alien. And especially so in 1984, I think it was, or 86, when, no, I'm pretty sure it was 84 when Star Trek four happens. Um, But they started planting the seeds of other characters being fools, but it was only because they were out of their element. Right. And what I mean by that is like, you know, they need to find um, nuclear weapons uh, at, at the Alameda base or whatever in Star Trek four. So having, you know, check off walking around the streets of New York going or wherever they were. No, it was in New York. It was in LA. Um, and he's just like, excuse me, can you please tell me where the nuclear vessels in Alameda are? The nuclear vessels, sorry, vessels, not vessels, vessels. The nuclear vessels in Alameda. And he's calling the operator on the phone. And of course it makes him look like an idiot. Um, But he gets that information, which is great. Side note, when I did meet Walter Koenig and I got him to sign something, I asked him if he could please make it out to Peter. Seriously, where are the nuclear vessels? Walter Koenig. And he's like, seriously, I'm like, please, it'll be the greatest autographed Star Trek picture I have. And it is. You look at all the other ones and it's like, to Peter, go boldly. To Peter, like just the most, you know, and I think that was one of the best ones. Jonathan Frakes had signed a picture to me that said, to Peter, go boldly. And when I met Patrick Stewart and they were like, oh, what do you want him to put on your picture? I'm like, I don't know. Do I do something like Jonathan Frakes did and put go boldly? Patrick Stewart hears this and he's like, I never want to hear that name ever again. And I'm just like, I'm like, that's, that's fucking great. Absolutely fucking great. Um, I love Patrick Stewart. He's sitting there signing autographs. He was coming in for one day. Lineup was out the door at the convention center in Winnipeg, down the hallway, all the way down the stairs, out the door. The whole time he's signing autographs, he's drinking a bottle of wine the whole time. Nice. And then he was only signed for one day, but when they had to start turning fans away, he agreed to just come back for the second day. He was going to he stayed an extra day so that he can make sure everybody who wanted an autograph got an autograph. That's so nice. Oh, such another nice celebrity story. And he's drinking wine the whole time, <laughs> which, which is absolutely fucking great. Um, now, as we get to Star Trek five, which is uh, the final frontier, um, this, so back when the original series happened, um, when they renegotiated their contracts, They did a clause in the contract, Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner, because they were the big stars, that whatever one of them got, the other one got. Mm. So when Leonard Nimoy ended up directing Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, and Star Trek IV, uh, The Voyage Home, William Shatner uh, exercised the clause in his contract, which then meant he got to direct the movie. Right. So he decided to do Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, where they decided to look for god mm-hmm. um and so many things went wrong with that movie it's probably the most hated star trek film um and a lot of it i mean it depends on who who you, whose side you take it from but like a lot of the issues is as the movie was being made they kept cutting the budget oh that's always terrible so like according to shatner and again we're going to take it with a grain of salt because it's shatner and he'll never say anything poorly about himself um the final sequence would have made the whole movie. There was going to be these giant rock monsters that pop out of the ground that are all like fucking lava and fucking, there's this huge fight where Kirk has to fight. And then they kept cutting the budget and cutting the budget. And then it ended up, they had one rock monster who looked like plastic, who didn't have any lightning or any 
lava or anything it just looked like shit so they scrapped it and then kind of just twisted it and whatever and it it was an all right um movie it has some great moments um them being at uh yosemite national park uh climbing el capitan having you know kirk falling off of uh the mountain and spock catching him with his like gravity boots uh, had a great line with him going i knew i wasn't going to die i wasn't afraid i knew i wasn't going to die because you were here with me and, and i've mm. always known i'm going to die alone which they actually did i mean he died with patrick stewart but he didn't die with his friends which was mm. Beautiful way eventually, but in this movie, you know, having them sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat Together, Spock, Kirk, and McCoy, like it was so many good little things. But then as the movie progresses, you know, Cy- there's a character named Cybok that comes in. He's Spock's brother, and he's the one who's going to go find God, and he's got emotions and yada, yada, yada. Somehow he turns every crew member against Kirk. So Kirk is the only one, of course. Uh, with the exception of Scotty, uh, Spock is the other one. So all the cast were already pissed off because they're like, we would never turn on Kirk no matter what. Right. You know, but of course, Shatner writes it. So we all fall for Cybok's fucking bullshit. But then they do this scene. And this is where the fool character comes in. My favorite character in Star Trek of the original series is Scotty. I've always loved Scotty. You Jimmy Doohan. Absolutely. Uh I've given her all she's got, Captain, and I just can't give her anymore. The whole engines will blow. I loved him. Um, he's a Canadian, first of all. The actor Jimmy Doohan, nice. fantastic actor, did did the voice. Um, one of the cool things and a little fun fact: if you ever watch the original series, he often hides his one hand because he actually lost a finger uh, while he was in the war. The war hero. Um, anyways, he was always. You know, when you needed something, it was always Scotty. Uh, Even even when he showed up on Next Generation in that that one, they did an episode called Relics where Scotty actually shows up, which was great. Um, But they really developed his character and how smart he really is. Um, He's talking to Jordy LaForge, Captain Picard's like, hey, how long is it going to take to, you know, to get the engines back online? And Jordy's like, it'll take this amount of time. And once Mm -hmm. Picard's off, uh, Scotty's like, so how long is it really going to take you? He's like, no, it's going to be two hours, like I told him. Oh, Clad, don't you know anything? You never give the right time. If it's going to take you two hours, you tell the captain it's going to take three hours so that when you get it done in two hours, you look like a miracle worker. Which yeah. you think back on it, you're like, holy shit, Scotty's smart. Like, to, yeah. to pull that shit, he made himself so invaluable. And then Star Trek V comes along where he uh, helps Kirk and them escape from the prison that they're in inside the Enterprise, because they've now been taken prisoner by Cybok and everybody else who's turned against Kirk. Um, And they're like, okay, you be careful, Scotty. And he's like, oh, I know the ship like the back of my hand. Then he turns around and walks into a beam and knocks himself out for the rest of the fucking movie. Oh, my God. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Scotty... Without him, nothing in that movie would have happened. They wouldn't have escaped their cell. They never would have finished anything. In that film, he is the fool. Yeah. But that being said, it was done in such a poor fucking way to make... I get you want to make that joke. And yes, it's funny. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Turn around, walk into the beam. That's fucking funny. But it should have been anyone other than Scotty. Because Scotty does know that ship like the back of his hand. 
you know, it's his first love. He knows everything about that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, in that film, he definitely was the fool. Yeah. Sadly. <sighs> uh, no, you're 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 really broken up over this. He's my favorite character. It's you know, it's Jimmy Dewan, man. Scotty. Hey, I digress. Um, other than that, though, there's not really any fools in the Star Trek movies. Um, except for the, and it's interesting because you look at the J.J. Abrams remakes and Kirk mm. is the fool. Yeah, it's true, actually. Interesting. If you think about the first one, you know, yeah, he has the information. Nobody listens to him. Right. But without him, nothing can get done. Yes, he's the he's the hero, but he's also the fool. They do the whole sequence where, you know, to try to get him on the ship, McCoy injects him with something that gives them none tongue. I got none pung, you know, and his hands get really fucking big. So he's there for the, you know, the comic relief. Yeah. Uh, they made Scotty the comic relief a lot in, in the new films, but they never made him the fool. Mm-hmm. He was funny, not stupid. Right. And, and that I really appreciated. Uh, Simon Pegg did a great job. Uh, yeah. And when it comes to those movies, I mean, the first two, because we were just talking about it, the first two were J.J. Abram films. Um, so he was involved and he had never even watched Star Trek really? before he did that movie. Yeah, nope. He he'd never watched an episode, signed on to do the movie, and then watched a couple episodes. Uh, and uh they were just action, action, joke, joke, action, action, joke, joke. Yeah. Third one comes out, um, and it was probably the best one because it was written by Simon Pegg. So you actually have a Star Trek nerd writing a Star Trek movie. There's so many little offhand references. And as much as there was good action sequence, good comedy. So kind of keeping with what they had done in the first two, the rest of the film was actually a Star Trek movie. Right. Okay. The Star Trek valuers were there, uh, you know, you know, wanting peace, wanting how Mm -hmm. we're going to, you know, interact with other alien races. Our goal is to seek out new life and new civilizations and to boldly go where no man has gone before. Um, so it wasn't just a big action space movie, which is funny because Monica, of course, uh, she hates Star Trek with a passion. She'll she'll tolerate Star Wars, hates Star Trek. We went, but she'll go see them in theaters with me because, you know. Because she's well, a good wife. Yeah. Who else is going to go yeah. with me, right? Um, and she really liked the two J.J. Abrams one. And mm-hmm. she liked the third one, but not as much as the other two interesting and i think it's because there was more script development more character development and it wasn't what was really nice about the third one too is it wasn't all just focused on kirk spock right. and mccoy which is what it's always been right the third one we saw more development from sulu you know mm-hmm. um we saw a lot more development of scotty so all this the minor characters were pushed to the forefront in that film and and i think that's why to me out of the Abram verse, as they like to call it, uh, trilogy, that was that was the best one. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, second one was all right. Loved it because Benedict Cumberbatch was in it. But at the end of the day, if you have a character named Khan Noonien Singh, I don't see a British white guy being Khan Noonien Singh. But again, I digress. Oh you have a great actor, uh, but maybe not the role for Yeah, for no, him. too much whitewashing, guys. Bad. I get it. Great, great, great actor. But yeah, it's kind of like uh, Doctor Strange, since we're talking about Benedict Cumberbatch, making the ancient one a uh, white woman as opposed yeah. to the old Asian man. Or even like an old Asian woman would have made more sense. Yeah, 
But hey, let's get Tilda Swinton, who's like the I most like albino. Tilda Swinton, but like I like her too, but she's the most albino white person you can fucking yeah. meet. Um, so making her the ancient one in that film was eh, a little yeah, too much, cool. a little yeah. far fetched. Uh, I, I it bothered me more, I think, the second time than the first time, which is mm. kind of funny because I just watched it again recently. And I'm like, eh, I mean, I like Tilda, but not the role for her. Yeah, not the role. Fair. Uh, I digress. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for uh, our month of April Fools. Uh, yeah. A wrap and on our full episodes, podcast. and a wrap on into everything with Pete and Kels. Um, it's been a lot of fun, folks. Like I said, we will be back with some other version of a podcast eventually uh, once we fine tune some stuff and we take some time off to work on our books. We thank you for listening to. Uh, all of our episodes here we're 30 plus episodes in uh, we do appreciate the support uh, and we will be back at some point so we thank you very much yes yeah, just, just stay tuned to our uh, our instagram page and our facebook page we'll keep those up for now and then we'll let you know what we're coming out with awesome have a great night everyone thank you Bye, again everyone. for for listening good night Wow.